What's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Caleb. I'm one of the pastors here. So good to see you. Uh, as you just saw in that video, that was uh, some clips from Hope Sunday. We did one Sunday where we canceled church at the end of the summer. And uh, we went out and we were the church. We served this community. And uh, so we're excited now. That was a Hope Sunday, but we're doing Hope a week. And so we're super pumped. Hope you guys will jump in on your way out. Be sure to sign up for one of the projects. And uh, if you forget or you're not sure which project, just go on the website and you can sign up there. It's going to be a great time together. But uh, I'm going to be sharing today as we continue this series that we've entitled Change. Everybody say Change. What we're talking about is changing how I see what's been given to me. How many know we've all been given things? God has blessed us in so many ways. I mean, we have um, talent. We have ability. We have money. We have so many things. And one of the things that we have that is so valuable, in fact, it's something we can never get back, and it's probably our most valuable resource, is our time. And today I want to talk to you about changing how I see my time. And I believe that today is going to actually challenge us. I was super challenged this week as I prepared for this because I believe that uh, I need to even better manage and use my time so that God can better use it for his glory. Uh, so my son, his name is Kai. He's my middle child. And the other day we were at dinner and uh, we, we have random conversations at dinner. I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, but we have really random conversations at dinner. And so um, we're at dinner. I have three kids, and uh, we're, we're having this conversation at dinner. We're talking about what our favorite superheroes are. And so, you know, Kanan is my oldest, and he's saying, like, Spider-Man and Batman are his favorite. Uh, we got any Spider-Man or Batman fans in the house? Why don't you all just yell out your favorite superhero on the count of three? I want to hear it, okay? One two, three. Yell it. Wow, you guys are all over the map. Um, I just went and saw Thor the other night. Um, I wouldn't say he's my favorite, though. But my, my kids, so my son's, you know, giving me his favorite superheroes. And then my daughter, she's, she's, you know, three years old, but she dressed up as Wonder Woman for Halloween. You should go to my Instagram. It was literally the most adorable thing you've ever seen in your entire life. My daughter, um, she's beautiful, of course. She takes after her mother. And so um, she said Wonder Woman. And she just, she doesn't even say the wonder part. She just calls her woman. We go, who's your favorite superhero? She says woman. Woman is her favorite superhero. That's Wonder Woman for her. And so they're, they're sharing their favorite superheroes. And then Kai says, dad, my favorite superhero is God. And he straight Jesus juked all my other kids. So then my other kids are feeling guilty. My kid is like, well, Dad, God's also my favorite superhero. But I thought you were asking me about, like, superheroes that wear costumes. And so, man, Kai just owned his brother and sister. In this moment, I was dying laughing. He goes, Dad, my favorite superhero is God. It was one of those moments that uh, made his brother and sister feel guilty. It was hilarious. But how we see God will affect how we see what's been given to me. How we see God, how we perceive God, our relationship with God is going to affect how we see the things that we have. And so I want to talk to you about time today. Now, would you do me a favor? Raise your hand if you ever or occasionally feel stressed. Raise your hand if you occasionally feel stressed. Okay. Raise your hand if you would say, yeah, fairly regular. I feel like I don't have enough time to accomplish everything I need to do. Raise your hand. All right. Almost all of you raise your hand for both. 
Most of us, and I won't keep going, but if I said, raise your hand if you occasionally have financial issues, you'd raise your hand. Um, if, if you raise your hand because you have a crazy busy schedule, most of you would raise your hand. Most of us, I believe, are living an unbiblical and unsustainable pace in our lives. We are living at an unbiblical and unsustainable pace within our lives in this culture. And I think many of you would agree with this when it comes to your own life. Pretty much all the people I know have no margin in their life. I would say not, maybe not every single, but almost every single person that I know has no margin in their life. And they don't have margin often for the most important things in their lives. So what I want to talk to you about today, as I talk about changing how I see my time, I really want to talk to you about margin. Everybody say margin. You see, we need margin in our lives in order for God to use us in the way he wants us to be used. So I have a couple of definitions of margin from a few pastors. Um, Andy Stanley pastors a large church in Atlanta. He said this, margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. That's his definition of margin. Craig Rochelle said, margin is the difference between what you have and what you need. So this idea of margin is something that I think most of us don't often think about. And we don't try to schedule margin into our lives, into our days, into our routines, into our weeks. We just go at this crazy pace, 100 miles an hour, at max capacity. We're going 100% all the time. And then we wonder why we're stressed. We wonder why we feel drained. We wonder why we feel like we have no time to accomplish all the things God wants us to accomplish or that we just want to accomplish for ourselves. It's because there's no margin in our lives. Now, here's some examples of in integrating margin into your lives. Like, can you imagine showing up five minutes early to a meeting? Like, can you imagine that? Like, that's margin. My wife actually, um, she, she'll get annoyed with me sometimes because I like to leave early and sometimes, like, really early. And so I'll be like, hey, let, let's go. It's time to leave. And she'll be like, well, why are we leaving now? I'll say, because I, I want a window, right? I want a window because when I leave early, I don't feel stressed. Who cares if I arrive five minutes early, 10 minutes or 15 minutes early? I know I'm on time and that's the goal. So showing up five minutes early to a meeting. Having money left over at the end of the month. Oh my goodness, that's like mind-blowing. This is margin. Having distance between you and temptation in your life rather than being on the edge morally all the time. That's margin. Having emotional capacity to deal with problems or your kids, <laughs> in my case. One thing that I've, we've been trying to do is establish the idea of having like three or four nights a week home with our family. Nothing else going on. Just we're home. We're hanging out with our family. We're resting with our family. We're spending time with our family. This is margin. There's nothing else on the schedule. Extra time and money to invest in people or in ministries that you love. This is margin. Having time, and this is something we don't do nowadays, having time to think, to reflect, to meditate, to dream. You know where my best ideas, I come up with my best ideas? In the shower. Is anybody with me? 
Now, I, I've been trying to, like, identify, why do I come up with my best ideas in the shower? Like, why does that happen? And I realize because it's the only time that my life is not being interrupted or consumed by other things, by, by music or sound or podcasts or, or a different focus. It's the only time in my life that I sit and just think and reflect and meditate and even, like, rest and and. and I'm not even always praying. I'm just sometimes thinking. And there's power in that. But we are so busy. This world is so loud. We're constantly taking in just different things. And we wonder why we feel this this stress. I'm convinced that the best things in life happen in the margins. The problem is very few of us have any margin in our life. We're missing out on so much because there's no margin. There's there's literally no margin in our life or it's razor thin. So here's the main thing I want you to hear today. Make margin in your life so God can use the margin in your life. You see, this isn't just about you not being stressed. This isn't just about you not feeling overwhelmed. This isn't just about you not feeling like you have so many burdens. Now, all of those things are advantages that you will experience by having margin. But at the end of the day, the reason we want to make margin in our life is because we want God to be able to use the margin in our life. You are here for a purpose. You are here for a reason. God placed you on this planet, on this earth, in this time, in this day, in what, what is most, one of the most incredible times in human history. And he wants to use you, but he can't use us if we don't create any space for him to use us. He can't use us if there's no margin in our life for him to use. When we allow God to change how we see our time, we allow God to change how he uses our time. And we want God to use us, don't we? We want God to use our time. So let's read Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And you guys can talk back today if you want. If you're excited about something you hear, you can say it, all right? Let's go. Luke 10, 38 through 42 says this. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. How many of us are distracted today? She was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Can we pray today? Jesus, thank you so much for your word that you're about to speak to us. I pray that you would give me the clarity to share what it is you want me to share, Lord. And may our hearts be open to receive what you want us to receive. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Here's what I believe. We can be distracted by some really good things. Like there's a lot of good things out there that can take and distract us. They can take our attention. 
What I believe, though, is we are distracted by some good things when all the while God has some great things, some incredible things that he wants to have our attention, but we've allowed good things to take our attention. Not only that, but there's some good things that have become God things in our lives. And when good things become God things, those good things actually become bad things. If you allow a good thing to become a God thing, that thing now becomes a bad thing. Because anything that replaces the place of God is a bad thing. It's idolatry. It's idol worship in our lives. And we are so busy. We're so consumed by what we're doing, what we're accomplishing, and stuff and activities that some of these good things, they become God things in our lives. And so they're no longer good. Martha was convinced that she was right. Did you see that when I read it? She went to God and she, she went to Jesus, the son of God. She says, Jesus, like, tell my sister, tell Mary to help me. I mean, here I am serving you and she's doing nothing. Tell her to help me. And here's going to be my greatest challenge today, all right? My biggest challenge today with all of you is going to be to convince you that how you're operating is actually wrong. Because most of you are like Martha here, and you think you're right. You think, well, Caleb, this is just the world we live in. Like, I have to be this busy. Caleb, like, this is how you have to operate. If you're going to move ahead in the world, if you're going to get ahead in the world, if you're going to accomplish things in the world, if you're going to do things in the world, like, you got to live at a, at a pace like this. You don't understand what I'm trying to do. You don't understand what I'm trying to accomplish. So the hardest thing, my biggest challenge today is going to be to convince you that how you're operating is wrong. But I want to pray, and my prayer is, and I hope that right now you would open your heart to say, you know what, maybe I need to create a little more margin in my life so that God can use that margin in my life. Maybe I am operating at an unbiblical and unsustainable pace in my life, and that's not creating an environment where God can use me in a greater way. Here's, I found this quote, and I don't know who it's by, so it's tagged unknown. said this. If Satan cannot make us really, really bad, he will make us really, really busy. Now, is this not the greatest quote you've ever heard by unknown? I should just take credit. This is Caleb Cole. But, man, this is so good. Because I think that Satan, you know, he, he wants us to live a destructive, terrible, horrible, sinful life. But often, many of us, like, we say, oh, I'm a good person. I try to do the right thing, which at the end of the day, biblically, none of us are good people. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's why we need a Savior in Jesus Christ. But if he can't make you really, really bad, he's going to try to make you really, really busy. Because if you're really, really busy, then God can't, can't use you to the full potential that he has for you. So are you today thinking about your life and how busy your life is? Is there any margin in your life? I want to encourage you today that you would begin to assess and say, have I created margin for God to use me? Here's what happens when we lose margin in our life. And some of you have never created margin, but let's just say you're, we've lost margin. First, when margin decreases, stress increases. So if you lose margin, guess what happens? Your stress will increase. You have no room to rest. You have no room to decompress. You have no room to meditate. You have no room to think. And so stress increases. 
when margin decreases. And this is in every area of your life. This is in your finances. This is in your time. This is in your relationships. If margin decreases, your stress will increase. And second, when you lose margin, when margin decreases, relational intimacy decreases. And we need relational intimacy with the people in our lives. But most importantly, we need a relational intimacy with the God that we serve. And many of us don't have margin in our life to have any relationship with God. And we wonder why we don't feel intimate or close to God. And then we complain and we say, God, why don't you speak to me anymore? God, why don't I hear you anymore? God, why have you left me? God, why don't you care about me? God, why aren't you speaking to me? God, why do I feel like you're a million miles away? And he's saying, I'm not a million miles away. You're just too busy to hear me. You're just too consumed with things and activities and stuff to ever hear my voice. You know, they say that right now in America, in in North America, there are only five places in all of North America that are void of any kind of sound pollution. There's only five places in all of North America where you can actually go and you don't hear any sound beyond nature. Five places that are uninterrupted. And we wonder why we have a hard time hearing God. Because God doesn't always speak in a loud, audible, booming voice. He often speaks in a whisper. And I've been thinking about why does God speak in a whisper so often? And and it feels like like many of us are like, we can't hear God. The reason God speaks in a whisper, because when you whisper, what happens? Like I'll do this to my kids sometimes. I'll whisper to them. I start whispering. What do they do? They keep coming closer, and they keep coming closer, and they keep coming closer until they can hear the sound of my whisper, the sound of my voice. The God that you serve, he often speaks in a whisper because he wants you to be close to him. He wants you to be intimately close to him. He wants you to be so close that you, you feel his breath and hear his voice up against your skin, and yet we're too busy. We're too busy. And so the relational intimacy with God and with the people around us in our marriages, in our relationships, in our friendships, in our families have been lost. So making margin for what's important. I got four points for you today. We're going to jump in here. Making margin for what's important. Number one, when we make margin for what's important, we have an intimate time with God. Intimate time with God. Martha was too busy working to spend time being with Jesus. In fact, this passage that I just read here, it says that Martha was distracted with much serving. And I want to ask you how many of you are distracted? You're distracted by all the things. You may be even distracted by what you feel like you're doing for God. Like I'm doing this for God, and yet you have no relationship with God. We can do a lot of great things for God and then not even know God. Because we don't spend time, we don't have margin in our life, we haven't created margin to actually hear from him, to listen to his voice, to sit at his feet as Mary did and be poured into by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus wants an intimate relationship with you, but you have to, to put the space in your life, the margin in your life for it. You know, my kids, they love toys and uh There was a time in our life when we had a lot of toys. Have you ever been to those people's house? Like I've been to some people's houses and they have like a massive room. I was in one person's basement 
it was their kid's play basement. The entire basement was filled with toys. I mean, I've never seen so many toys in my life. It was like Toys R Us up in there, okay? But you know what happened? Like, we went down there, and I've been in the, I was at a friend's house, and so many toys, and it was overwhelming. And the kids were overwhelmed. So you know what the kids did? They were just walking around just like dumping toys everywhere. So we used to have a ton of toys in our house. And my kids would just end up dumping all these baskets full of toys out, and then they'd barely play with any of them. They would literally dump them all out and then like walk away. And I couldn't figure, I'm like, Chrissy, this is like terrible. And then we were always having to try to get them to clean them up. I was always having to clean them up. And my wife, she read this thing somewhere, and she did something that some of you need to do with your children. But she cleared all the toys out of our house and put them in a garage in like the storage area. And what she started doing is every week she would bring in one basket of toys. She would bring in one basket of toys and she would set it in there. And it was crazy what happened. My kids, because their choices were more limited, they began to play with those toys. And so just a few toys in this basket, and yet they, went, they engaged with those toys. And they played with those toys. And they spent time with those toys. While as when we had a whole room full of toys, they would just dump them all out and then play with none of them. And it got me thinking about us in our lives and our time. Some of you are about to go home and do this. Y- y'all, this is a tip, okay? It works. It got me thinking about our lives. You see, we have so much stuff going on. We have so many things happening in our life, so many activities, so many events, so many places to go, people to see, and we wonder why we're distracted and we can never hear from God because we haven't limited and created margin in our life to be focused on what God wants us to be focused, to hear from the God that wants you to hear from him, that wants to have a relationship with you. You see, our priorities can actually prevent our progress. Did you know that? Your priorities can can prevent the progress that God wants to make in you. That means you may have to say no to some good things so you can say yes to some greater things. That's margin. I know a lot of you are people pleasers. Look, I'm a recovering people pleaser in this house. In this place, I'm a recovering people pleaser. But I will tell you right now, my wife and I, we've gotten better and we've tried to work at saying no to things. And they can be good things. But if you don't say no to some good things, when there's some great things you're actually missing out on, you're going to continue to be distracted and you won't have time or, or that margin in your life to be intimate with the God that wants to be intimate with you. We have to make margin for what's important, which means, number one, intimate time with God. Number two, intentional times of rest. Some of you are like, glory be to God. I am glad Caleb is preaching this today. I needed to hear this. But guess what? You can hear it, but to implement it is a whole other thing. To actually begin to schedule it, to be intentional about creating margin for times of rest in your life. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and just received from him. She sat and received. She could have been working, Some would say she should have been working. In fact, her sister said she should have been working. But instead, she rested at the feet of the Savior and listened to him and received from him. Single people, 
all right, I, I got to talk to you because I remember being single. And I remember being single and feeling like if my schedule wasn't packed with events, then I was a loser. I remember being single and feeling like if I don't have something social happening every night of the week, then I have no value. Then I don't matter. Then there's something wrong with me. Then I'm not really liked or accepted. People don't really love me. I want to tell you right now, I just felt like I needed to say this to you single people. Listen, it's okay to stay home and rest. It's okay to have intentional times of rest in your life. You're not a loser because you're not going out every night of the week and you're single. It's okay. Create margin for what's important. You need those intentional times of rest. Moms, I'll talk to you for a second. I get the mom guilt where you feel like you can't take any time for yourself because of these babies that you're raising. But guess what? If you don't have time of rest for yourself, how are you going to be able to pour into your children all that you can and should be pouring into them? So husbands, if your wife needs a ladies' night out, you let them have it. Husbands, if your wife says, I need to go get my nails done, you let them go. I've learned that, man. My wife says, I need to get my nails done. I say, girl, you go. You get the mani, you get the petty, you get it all, girl, go. And so I never, I don't fight that. Why? Because I want my wife to be pampered at times. I want my wife to have rest. I want, I want my wife to be encouraged so when she comes back, she has, because she gives so much. She has more to give. I felt like I needed to say that to some people today. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. How can we know God if we're never still to hear from him? We have to be still. I'm, I know it's hard, man, y'all. I, I get it. I feel like sometimes I'm a little ADD. My wife gets so annoyed with me. Have you ever been with, uh, okay, let me just say this. You ever been in a meeting with me or sat down with me? I tend to be distracted. And my wife gets so mad at me because I'm like checking my phone. I'm playing with my nails. I'm like, um, you know, playing with keys. The other day we had a couple people over and I was just flipping this key thing the whole time. Like, y'all get it, right? Like the ADD, ADHD people in the house. You feel my pain. I have a hard time focusing for extended periods of time. But, but this is what it is. This is what it is. At the end of the day, we need to learn to be still and hear from God. Be still and know that he is God. I know it's hard. I know it's not easy. But we must learn to implement it into to our lives, to have that margin in our lives. It creates what God wants in our lives so we can know him more. Ecclesiastes 4.6 says this, Better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and striving after wind. A handful of quietness and two hands. Here's what we're doing. We're striving, we're toiling after the wind. What, can you catch the wind? No. Can you grab the wind? No. Can you do anything with the wind? No. We can harvest it. We got harness it. We got big propellers and stuff happening now. But we can't grab it. And so, so many of us are trying to do so much. We want to be so active. We want to accomplish so many things. And yet we need to just sit. We need to be quiet. We need to listen. We need to hear from God. This is rest. Proverbs 10.4 says, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. I'm not telling you to be lazy. Because I wanted you to hear this part. Because I think sometimes we hear this like, oh, so I get to just chill all the time? Just get to be lazy? Like do nothing? No. I'm talking about intentional times of rest. Intentional. That doesn't mean every day. It doesn't mean y'all quit your jobs. I just need to rest, be still, and know that I am God. I'm just going to stay home every day and hear from the Lord. No, that's not what I'm saying. Intentional times margin that you're scheduling in your life. 
We all know that person that could use to work a little harder, don't we? Y'all know them. You're thinking about them right now. Don't elbow anybody, okay? They get enough rest, I would say. But for most of us, there's, those are few people. Most of us, rest is something we lack, just to be real. Most of us, rest is something we are not intentional about scheduling. We don't intentionally schedule times of rest in our lives, and we wonder why we're stressed. We wonder why we feel like we're at max capacity. We wonder why we don't feel close to God. We wonder why we don't hear from God. Schedule it. Intentional times of rest. Third is improving relationships. When you make margin for what's important, you make margin for improving relationships. Martha was so upset with Mary for getting to know Jesus. Do you realize that? Because she, sh- she thought that serving Jesus was more important than getting to know Jesus. And I want you to hear this because I believe that we need to serve at times. And that's actually going to be my next point. I believe in serving. But I also believe that getting to know Jesus, being intimate with Jesus, improving your relationship with Jesus is more important. God cares more about who you're becoming than what you're doing. And so many of us are so caught up in what we're doing, and we think our identity is, cu- is found in that. We think our identity is rooted in that. God cares more about who you are becoming than what you are doing. So stop getting caught up in all that you're trying to accomplish and start getting focused on what is God wanting to speak to me? What is God saying to me? What do I need to change in me? Here's what Jesus said to Martha. He said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Everybody say many things. I think this is interesting because often we read this passage, and I've heard this passage preached before, and in it, um, we really focus just on the fact that Martha wanted Mary to serve with her, and Martha was so focused on serving that she wasn't able to hear from God. She wasn't able to listen to Jesus. She wasn't able to sit and receive from Jesus, and she was upset at someone who was doing that. But I think it's interesting that Jesus actually speaks to her, and she doesn't say, Martha, Martha, you're troubled, you're anxious about this one thing. He says, you're anxious and troubled about what? Many things. Many things. So I know we got some stress heads in the house. I know some of you type A personalities that you get worked up about every little situation, every single circumstance. You get anxious and troubled about everything that comes up under the sun. Every time something doesn't go the way you thought it would go because you've planned it out. You've had your life planned since you were three years old and it hasn't come to the fruition that you thought it would. I get it. I get that many of us are like that. But here's what God or what Jesus was saying to Martha. He says, look, You're not just troubled and anxious about this one thing. You're troubled and anxious about many things. This wasn't Martha's only issue. She was a person that obviously allowed stress to rule her life. And I want to ask you how many of us in this place are allowing stress to rule our life? How many of us in this room are allowing anxiety to rule our life? Because let me tell you something. We're not going to be able to improve relationships around us if we walk around with this burden of stress and anxiety on us all the time. How many know it is not fun to be around stressed out people, anxiety-ridden people? 
It's not fun. It's not easy to, rebe- to, to build relationships with someone who all they do is complain and worry and stress. It's very difficult. And I know some of you are in here and that's you. I want to challenge you right now that you would repent of your anxiety. You would repent of your stress. Because here's the thing, and I, I know some of it, there's, we have mental and chemical things that happen in our lives. But at the same time, some of this is self-induced. Because we don't know where our identity lies. We think our identity and what we're doing, what we're accomplishing, that we're, we're achieving these things that we set out for our life. But at the end of the day, your identity, which we talked about last week, if you missed it, you need to go back and listen on iTunes or watch it on our, on our website, is this. Your identity is rooted as a child of God. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and He loves you just as you are. He loves you on your worst day. He loves you on your best day. He loves you in the pit of your most broken moment, and He loves you when you're on the mountaintop. You cannot begin to improve the relationships around you until you deal with the anxiety and and the stress that you have put upon yourself. Making margin for what's important. We need to improve relationships. Man, I'll just tell you this right now. Husbands and wives, you have to schedule time to improve your relationship. You have to schedule time to improve your relationship. My wife just the other day, she told me, that we should go to counseling. And I know y'all are like, yeah, that makes sense. I hear Caleb talk up there on stage. Like, I get it. He probably should. Um, But, you know, actually right now in our marriage, like, I think we both are like, things are good. Like, we're in a really good place in our marriage. We're in a really healthy place in our marriage. And so my wife said, I think we should go to counseling. And I was like, girl, you're tripping. Why? Why would we go to counseling? Like, things are good. Like, we're killing this thing. We're killing the mom and dad game. We're killing the husband and wife game. Like, all this is good. She said, because I want to be intentional about our relationship. I want to be intentional about our relationship continue to grow and get better. And I said, you know what? If that's what you believe is a way for us to be intentional about improving this relationship, I am down. I will talk about my feelings, girl. Let's do this. Schedule and make a way. Margin is there and it has to be there so you can improve your relationships. How can you improve your marriage if you don't schedule time to get to know your spouse? How can you improve your marriage if you don't have a date night scheduled in your month or your week or every couple weeks? We have to be intentional. We have to have margin in our lives. And some of us are maxed out. We're stressed out. We got so much going on that we don't even have an opportunity to improve the relationships around us. The most important relationships to us. You know, I'm convinced that soccer is of the devil. Like, my kids, they're in soccer. I'm serious. Like, I hate soccer. I used to kind of like it. Now I just hate it. Um, you know, like, my kids, they're, they're, my two boys, this is their first year in soccer. We had soccer every single day of the week except for Sunday. Two boys on two different teams. One, one boy had games on Fridays, the other on Saturdays. One boy had games on Tuesday th- or practice on Tuesday, Thursday, the other on Monday, Wednesday. Every night of the week, I'm like, this is the devil. And I told my wife, this is the last time we're doing this. Because for two months, it was horrible. Our kids are getting home late every night. We're trying to feed them, like shoving food down their throat as we're putting them to bed and brushing their teeth and giving them baths all at the same time. We don't have time to spend getting to know each other. Let me tell you something. I'm all for sports. Man, I love sports. I grew up playing sports. But at the end of the day, you know what matters more to me and to my life is my family, is the relationships of my family, is creating margin in my life. So this is the last time we're going getting down like this. We got to make a way 
Now, they're still going to play sports. We got basketball coming up, and I already told the coach, I don't care if they're in different age groups. They're playing on the same team. I'll coach the team if I got it. Pray for me. It might actually happen. Margin, finally today, if the band would come back. Make your margin for what's important. Means we have time for impactful serving and giving. Impactful serving and giving. You see, there's a time to receive from God. There's also a time to give back to God. And I can't emphasize or emphasize enough the importance of margin because it creates space for you to be to have opportunity for impactful serving and giving. When you're overloaded by activity, you can only think of yourself. You are in survival mode. And many of us in this room are in survival mode right now. Let me tell you, during this soccer season, Kai's last game was yesterday. Oh, glory be to God. His, his season is over. Canaan's last game is next Saturday. Glory be to the Lord on high. He is good. But let me tell you something. We, we felt like we were in survival mode there for a few months. We're just trying to make it through another day. But let me tell you, when you live on survival mode, in the process, you become unavailable for God to use you in this world. How can God use you when you're just trying to survive? When you have no margin in your life and God taps you on the shoulder saying, I'd like you to do this for me, your first response isn't joy. Your first response is, oh no, another thing to do. Sorry God, I'd like to, but my life is just too busy. So I was at a Starbucks last year. And uh, I'm not a Starbucks guy, y'all. I'm more of a temple insight. I keep it real, man. We, we need to support local coffee shops, all right? Starbucks, heck no, I'm just playing. One of our, we have multiple Starbucks managers in this place, so I love you guys too. But uh, anyways, I just got myself in trouble. I need to shut up. Okay, keep going, Caleb. So I'm at Starbucks having a meeting. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And uh, I'm at Starbucks, and this guy is like over a couple tables next to me or over from me. And he has an iPad, and he's working on his iPad. It's an iPad with like a keyboard. Like in front of it, he's working. And I'm sitting over at this other table. And he gets up because this guy that he sees, he knows, and he turns his back to his iPad and he's talking to this guy and his, his, his table's back here and I'm like over there. And he's talking and all of a sudden I see this like streak. And this teenage kid on a dead sprint snags his iPad and just takes off running. And the dude didn't even hesitate. Like the dude, I don't know if he saw it out of the corner of his eye, but he turns and goes, ah, and he just takes off running. And it was one of those moments where like, I actually had nothing happening that afternoon. So I grabbed my stuff, I ran, I jumped in my car, and I drove around to the corner. And I'm like, the kid's running through this neighborhood. And I'm going around the other street, and I'm like, I'm trying to corner him off. I'm trying to catch him. I'm like, it's about to go down. Uh, uh, part of me always wanted to be a police officer. Let's go. And so I'm driving, and I see this kid jump a fence and jump into another backyard. And so I keep driving, and then, man, 
for like 10 minutes. I'm driving around. I'm, and every once in a while, I come by the guy. I'm like, hey, I saw him go that way. And he's like, okay. And he runs. And finally, dude, this kid, man, he went ghost on us. Don't know what happened. The iPad was gone. But it was one of those moments where I'm like, man, I'm glad I did that. So I finally I found the guy and I talked to him. I was like, man, I'm so sorry. Like, that was a bummer. That kid was fast, dude. <laughs> like, my goodness. Oh, to be 16 again. But it was one of those moments like, man, I actually, because I had nothing going on, I was like, dude, I'm going to try to help this guy out. And I wonder if our lives are so busy, we have so little margin that we don't have any space for God to use us. God taps us on the shoulder, says, here's a need. An opportunity comes across our path in our day, in our life, but we got too much going on. I got things to do. I got places to go, people to see. Sorry, I can't help you. I can't bless you. I can't encourage you. God, I know you want me to do this, but listen, God, you know how I'm busy I am. I am. Maybe give me an opportunity tomorrow. Then he does. I'm, God, I'm too busy tomorrow. God, okay, what about the next day? We end up resenting the great opportunities that God brings into our lives. But when you have margin, you're available for God to use. Here's what I want to say to you. You don't have to live on overload. You don't have to live in survival mode. Begin today to build a buffer around your schedule, some margin in your schedule, and enjoy the benefits of that margin and see what God can do. See what God does. When you say, God, I'm going to create some intentional space for you to use me. I'm going to create some intentional space for me to get to know you. I'm going to create some intentional space for me to build and, and rebuild relationships. Could you bless someone around you right now if God brought the opportunity in front of you? Could you bless them financially? Most of us probably not because we have no margin. Could you bless them with your time? Probably not because you have no margin. Could you bless them with your serving? Probably not because you have no margin. Verse 42, Jesus is talking to Martha. He says, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Did you see that? Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. From her. Here's the reality. We don't have a time problem. We have a priority problem. You and I don't have time problems. We have priority problems. We have time. We've just prioritized our time in a wrong way. You make time for what matters. So I've been saying to you, make margin in your life so God can use the margin in your life. But I want to change this a little bit as we close. Because this is the most important thing. Make margin in your life so you can get to know the God of your life. At the end of the day, what matters most is that you know the God that created you. That you know the God that put his fingerprint upon you. That you know the God that says, you are my son and you are my daughter. At the end of the day, that is all that matters. That you have an intimate relationship with a loving God. Mary understood this. She sat at the feet of Jesus. She received from Jesus. She listened to Jesus. She loved on Jesus. I want to ask you, are you taking time to sit at the feet of Jesus? Most of us aren't. I'm glad that you're here today. This is a part of it. You're here today. You made time for Jesus. You made time for Jesus to pour into your life. But for some of you, this is your first time at church in months. Maybe it's been six months. Maybe it's been a year. Are you making time? And I get it. You're going, Caleb, I'm just so busy. 
Kayla, I'm just so maxed and I'm so stressed and I'm so anxiety ridden. At the end of the day, here's what it is. We got to make margin in our life so God can use the margin in our life. And we got to make margin in our life so we can get to know the God of our life. He loves you. He wants to know you. Would you bow your heads with me across this place?